welcome. <laughs> no. We agreed on this last time. You just stayed quiet forever. <laughs> this is No Sides Attached, the political podcast where we tackle topics big and small on their own merits and evidence, not through party lens. Um, Matthew Devine here with my co-host Logan Sowers and our resident everyday guy, Steve Ramey. How's it going, James? So, going great. How yeah, was your uh, St. Paddy's Day? It was good. It was good. I got. I did get like super drunk. That's why I'm still functioning today. But I did. Uh, I did get drunk. Because <laughs> well, we went to we went to the bar and uh, I ordered a whiskey highball, which you know goes in a whiskey highball glass. And they said, "Fuck that! We're going to give you a pint glass because we don't know what a whiskey highball is." That's good. Yeah, that's good. It was. <laughs> it was intense. <laughs> Yeah, usually uh, you and whiskey, it gets a little intense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it is what it is. All right, so today uh, we're going to be discussing, for the final time, the Illinois governor primaries that are going to happen in two days. Um, We're also going to take a gander at space and what it means to be in a truly interstellar species. And then, of course, we'll run through some of the major news from the past week. So, for our uh, our final run at uh, Illinois governor's uh, primaries, we're actually going to give us some uh, give some predictions. Even though uh, Logan said last week that we don't do predictions on on this show, but here we are. We're going to oh, predict. No, we're not in the prediction business. Oh, we are today. <laughs> um, we should not be in the prediction business. Oh, we're going to predict so hard though. You don't even understand. Um. So anyway, so for the Republicans, um, obviously you have current governor uh, Bruce Rauner running for primary because he's going to go for re-election and then being primaried by Janine Ivy Ivy's um and she has kind of positioned herself as like the real conservative of the two of them and um you know her her attack ads focus on uh Ronner being like a democratic sellout or like a closet dem uh, but the <laughs> <laughs> I haven't paid attention too much to her ads just because like you know i'm not voting for the republicans so it doesn't really matter to me who they run yeah <laughs> i didn't realize that's what her ads were that's hilarious well that and um the uh, democratic pack has uh ran attack ads against um ivy's claiming that she's like the like a super conservative and i guess the rationale there is that they're hoping that the base will actually vote for her and unseat uh, Bruce Rauner because they think she's going to be easier to beat in the general, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so last time there was a poll done, uh, Rauner was standing at about 51%. Uh, and then uh, Ivy's was at about 31%. And there was some, the rest were either undecided or uh, weren't voting for either of them. Um, so since we are going to be in the prediction business, any, uh, any <laughs> takes on the, on the repubs? Yeah, I don't quite care. They do what they do. <laughs> One, we know my stance on primaries already, and two, they just they do what they do. I'm not voting in the Republican primary, so I haven't really followed it too much. Well, yeah, but you still have to give a prediction. I'm going to force you to predict Rauner. Yeah, that's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One for one. That, that's my. Uh, I'm also going to predict uh, that Governor Rauner retains his. Uh, not seat because it wouldn't be for the seat, but that he's gonna he's gonna be Ivy's in the governorship. Term. Yeah, he's well, gonna re- he's gonna retain his spot on the ballot. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, so Nomination. Yeah, so we're all on board with uh, Ronner being the dude. Yeah, I would say at this point a uh, comeback from down twenty percent is probably not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Although it would be fun, well, not fun, but it would be funny if it like, I mean, stranger things uh, have happened, yeah. right? Yeah, just out of nowhere. Bam! No, I'm winning this. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For all I care, Republicans can run a fucking cat. Like. Wow. That's. <laughs> well, it, we all know dogs are far more intelligent, so at least go with a dog. <laughs> I mean, it's a Republican. What can you say? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Logan's on the rampage today. <laughs> Um, so I guess then we'll move into the Democratic primary. And there's only three that matter. Um, that being JB, uh, Chris Kennedy, and then Daniel Biss. The other ones are, they're not going to win. 
or even be close. Um, in fact, I'm not even at this point, I don't even know if uh, any of them are still in. Uh, Diber, Daber, maybe, but the other ones I think have. finally we're like, yeah, we're we're out. <laughs> Although I have seen some uh, some uh, some Daber signs up here, which is interesting. Um, but anyway, so uh, there's a poll done. Uh, it was a couple days ago, so it'll be the last poll before the primaries. And it had JB at 32 uh, percent, Chris Kennedy at 26, Biss at 22, and then there was a 16 percent of undecided. So enough undecideds that anybody can actually pull this one out. Um, nobody's that far behind. Mm. And it just whoever gets the majority gets the nomination, right? Like it doesn't matter what yeah. percentage it's by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, um, there might be, if it was like a super close, there might be like an automatic trigger for a recount. But other than that, it would just be whoever gets the majority wins. Um, though we should probably talk about you, Logan's friend, JB, um, because of course he had more shit hit the papers. <laughs> about, about some some shady stuff um so this time this time jesus yeah it's been, it's been like every some week shady stuff this time like <laughs> it's been every week yeah but this th- this sh- shady stuff was uh came through the panama papers um which those were the big leaks uh from a couple years ago that were able to show all of like the what the rich people do with their offshore accounts yeah um yeah. so apparently he actually had some in there and uh it was um, offshore accounts that were that he didn't claim on any incomes or anything like that, and he hasn't been talked about. And um, you know, Kennedy went at him pretty hard for it being his. Uh, you know, he's basically like uh, attempting to like defraud the Illinois people by not you know disclosing everything. Yeah. Um, JB's uh, JB's um, defense was that they are their charity accounts, meaning that like it's it's a trust that's set up um, for his charities for his big charity that he has. Um, cause you know, that makes sense because you know, charity needs to hide some money offshore. Um, uh, but he also tried to claim that he didn't have anything to do with it. Like, right. It was just the trust that did it, you know, cause it was in their best interest to yeah. continue making money and whatnot. And, uh, but somebody, and I don't remember if it was one of the guys, if it was Kennedy or Biss, or if it was just a reporter now, because it wasn't at the debate that it happened. They talked about it at the debate, but this particular thing they didn't. Um, but anyway, so when he was talking about it being in the trust and he had nothing to do with it, somebody pointed out that they were like, some of these accounts were, they're only a couple years old. So it's not like it, it didn't like happen in like 15 years ago when he really wasn't doing anything with it. Like he, he probably knew what was going on and by probably yeah. like he did. Um, but yeah, so that happened. Uh, I don't know if that'll swing any of those 16 undecideds. Although I mean, I mean being, you know, like the poll was Friday, Thursday or Friday. So like being undecided Thursday or Friday, going into a Tuesday Tuesday primary, like this could be be the thing that swings swings for either Kennedy or Biss. Yeah. Well, my first thought is like what this says about JB is like he's a rich dude, <laughs> and unless you've been living under a rock, you know he's a rich dude. Like, that's what it does. It doesn't change anything else, really, in my mind, or it shouldn't. Like, I mean, we know he's done shady shit. We know he has, like, tried to buy political seats, essentially, and has done, you know, campaign well, I mean, donations to, like, prison rod and shit. That, like, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty bold statement. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> the dude's a rich dude who's done shady stuff as a rich dude shall. Like, well, the thing is, like, with the tapes, right, all the tapes that came out, they while they were shady they weren't uh they weren't ultimately that bad which is why i think people have been able to ignore him for the most part yeah because it's like yeah he called up blagojevich and was like hey what about this or what about this um versus these where it's like something he was he was actually trying to keep these things under the rug and and keep people from finding out about it and just got got panama papered yeah called out in his bullshit yeah i I mean i don't know like i said i feel like it probably shouldn't swing people too much he's a rich guy he's got shit tons of money everywhere like you know what we have a president who hasn't disclosed his financial information i don't really know how much this should be the thing that swings people if anything i feel like just the fact that he's another rich person who is running a campaign because he's a rich person. It should be the initial swinger, in my opinion. But you know, who knows? 
I mean, it also could just be like the final straw, right? Where you yeah, got those undecideds yeah. where they're like, they could be undecided because, because uh, JB is a, a rich dude that's kind of shady. And then this is the one where they're like, okay, fuck this dude. Yeah. I mean, hasn't he invested like ridiculous amounts of money into his campaign? Like, uh, yeah. It's self-funded to the tune of like some tens of millions of dollars or something. Uh, it's somewhere around six. Six million? Yeah. I thought it was more than that. I thought it was in the tens of millions. No, at least the, date, I think it was in the tens of millions, wasn't it? The the number recently I, did recently he, he recently he did a thing where he put six more million. Okay, into that's his probably what, okay. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I saw today. Then, yeah, I think overall he's put like some tens of million. Like I think it's almost up to a hundred mil actually now of money into his own campaign. Like he is a rich dude who is running for governor. Claiming he wants to help the little people. I mean, you know, I feel like we've tried this dance before, and it's one where we like stumble and fell on our faces. So, uh, uh, predictions on the on the Democrats? JB. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I hate him, JB. I just I just spent five minutes bashing him, but he's gonna win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where am I at? Resigned to my fate. <laughs> uh, uh, Steve, do you got a got a prediction on the Dems? Well, I haven't been paying all that much attention, but uh, yeah, I'm not like you said. There's still a whole lot of undecided out there that it can change last minute. It's yeah. Well, I mean, kind of, I mean, it's up in the air, really. Yeah, because I mean, if you think they're like, all right there. Yeah, because like if those undecideds don't go for JB and they split to the other two, one of the other two instantly went. Like it's yeah, it's gonna be a tight race. Yeah. I think it'll be it'll be fun to watch Tuesday night. Yeah, that one should be all over the place. Um. It'll be fun to watch. <laughs> Dude, it's election night, yo. Um, you even watch the Connor Lamb election? I did not, and we'll get oh, to that in the weekly roundup. Oh, for it. Yeah, I did not, because it's a bullshit thing that didn't matter, and like people are excited about it for no fucking reason, and it's stupid, and we should stop. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> in terms of the uh, Dem, the Democratic primary, like, um, my prediction is that my heart wants Kennedy... My head says JB, so I'm going to go with Kennedy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my heart would scream anyone besides JB. (laughs) You know, if I was betting money. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still going to predict Kennedy. I think he's going to pull pull it off. I don't know why, but I feel like that's going to happen. So, yeah, our third thing. And then, uh, Logan, I assume you are planning on voting in the uh, the Dem primary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is the, uh, that's the plan. Are you asking who I'm voting for? I, I was going to, and then I decided I didn't want to. But if you want to tell us, that's cool. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to write in Martha Stewart. Hmm, she'd be solid. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I was thinking, you know. She's at least already served her time, so. Can't get much worse. Plus, the the uh, governor's mansion really needs that makeover, so. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, overall, I'll probably... I'm leaning Kennedy. I don't like this, just mostly because, like... Since I'm an academic, the academic not, stuff, yeah, yeah, I don't know about. how I feel about having your papers like withdrawn, exactly. So, and we know how I feel about JB. So, like, <laughs> so you're clearly voting for JB. That's what you're saying. I get it. Yep. <laughs> Kennedy. I'm torn between voting for Kennedy to actually like help him, like you know, get over that hump, or like just voting for Daber. Right, because that that has been your guy for. Yeah, it's been my guy for a while. I think the primaries are kind of the uh, type of election where I can vote for the uh, noble causes over the uh, pragmatic a, ones. Yeah, yeah. So. Steve, I know you don't actually have a party, but do you are you planning on voting in the primary, or are you just going to let it ride? Uh this one I'm just let it ride. I don't know where to go with it. To be completely honest. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've I don't ever vote in primaries because um, they're not my party. Don't ever vote in primaries. I, I don't because I've never. Well, I, you know, as we discussed primaries, um, you know, we're all on the same page that primaries are fucking stupid. But like, yeah, I know I've never been able to reconcile the fact that like voting in a uh, a very partisan election when it's not a party that I'm a part of, it just never been able to reconcile those two things. I will watch and I will I will cheer when uh, precincts come in for Kennedy, but that's about as far as I'm going to go. 
So wait, you won't vote because like that means you have to claim a party. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, I don't, don't want to actually have to claim a party. Correct. I mean, even though it's an open or a, you know a partially open primary, I don't like having to claim a ballot for a party because there's you know like for instance, um, if I you know in order in order to vote for Kennedy, I have to claim the Democratic ballot, but I would actually want. I don't want, I want the guy that's, there's been a guy that's primarying um, Kissinger, um, who's a, you know, our Republican representative for the district, but he's more of a libertarian guy. So I would actually like to vote for him, but I can't do both. Hmm. Like Kissinger, huh? I don't like Kissinger. He's a douche. I mean, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably a really nice guy, but he's a douche. You can be both nice and a douche. That's fair. Well, I guess then we'll move, we'll move into space and we will talk about space. On a, on a political podcast because we can do that kind of thing because it's our we're political and cultural yeah Come we on are now I mean we are but like let's talk about space so we broke it up into into quite a few things um and the first one is just uh you know exploration in general and then just you know getting out there into the great beyond and looking up rocks and checking out aliens and whatnot um so first question and then give me some some thoughts on uh on space exploration in terms of how it relates to our species. I think just like in regards to like intellect in general, it's something we've always been curious about as a species, like for as long as I can remember, <laughs> which <laughs> that was not how I wanted to word that. Cause that insinuates that really we've only been curious for a few, like, about for, 20 years. Yeah, for, for about 20, 20 something years. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it, go, it goes far beyond what you remember. We've always been curious as long as I can remember. Um, I but, you am know, from, mankind. <laughs> for as long as people have been around, you've always had stories about like space and what the stars were. And, you know, it's just something we've always been curious about. Um, so, I mean, from the aspect of just like our curiosity being able to continue space exploration, I think is a valid um, thing to be financing and looking into doing. Uh, but we also know I'm all for knowledge for the sake of having knowledge. So you know, what I say is probably not as far up the list of like what other people think we should be investing in. Yeah. Um, so is that your end game then? Is just like end game for space? That seems weird. Um, but like in, um, in terms of exploration, it's just like. I guess I'd have a few different ones. Okay. Um, I think like so. I didn't want to blend topics too much, but I think having or being able to explore space itself is really cool, and being able for us to begin to understand like everything that's out there, because like you know, space is beyond the size of space is like even beyond what we can imagine currently. So we probably only know a fraction of how what's all out there and how it all works so even beginning to advance that is a very useful technology that'll likely translate into you know different materials for civilian use different materials for um industry in general for quality of life uh and the advances space type tools um will help in those aspects so you know knowledge advancing our technology but then also i mean like Right now, we don't have an oh shit option. It's kind of just like if something shitty happens to the Earth, we're done. Um, and, you know, I'll be dead, hopefully, by the time that happens. So it doesn't quite impact me too much. But, you know, like, I like to think the human race has, like, a plan B, at least. So that's kind of where I'm at. Steve, what about you? Uh, uh, don't know about Logan's uh, oh shit plan B, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> That would yeah, be great like if whole... it was like the top secret title to a folder that's just like buried in NASA somewhere. It's just, oh <laughs> yeah. shit, plan B. Buried in <laughs> NASA. It's like the oh shit option. <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, we fuck shit up real bad here. Like, we sh we need to hightail it. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Steve. Back to you. <laughs> yeah, I like, I, say, I, like, I like, you know, our space exploration, as Logan said, in terms of figuring out how things work. I mean, until we set people outside our own atmosphere, like to the moon and things like that, we assumed gravity was constant, which as we find out is only relative to the 
let's say how does science put that the body that you were on. So, I mean, things like that. It throws a curveball into what we know or think we know. And the other side, like Logan pointed out, is all the tech- technological advancement that we come up with in doing so. I said, wow, it got quiet. <laughs> I was I was just pondering your, your beautiful words. Um, I'm basically on the same page with you, except the only difference is what I wrote down is that I want Star Wars. Like, that's what I want out of space exploration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, satellite that would technically be, do nothing. Yeah, that would be awesome. I don't see it in our lifetime. <laughs> I want to go places and hang out in a cantina and shoot first. That's what I want to do. Well, I mean, do you want, like... You can shoot. I want the lightsaber. (laughs) I was going to ask, do you want the real Star Wars, or do you want, like, the Reagan Star Wars? (laughs) No, I was thinking, like, Star Wars, but not Jar Jar Binks. No Jar Jar? No Jar Jar. You're not okay with Jar Jar? No. No, I'm not. Not okay. Mm. How about Ewoks? Are you okay with Ewoks? Ewoks are fine, because teddy bears are cool. (laughs) Also, I want to dress an Ewok up in people clothes. (laughs) Okay. And just have them like walk around and stuff. That'd be dope. Um, <laughs> all right. So then I guess really though, the, then the, the question ends up becoming like, and we don't want to get too far into the weeds here, um, but how do we fund this thing, this exploration of space? Cause like, you know, you have, especially now when you kind of have, obviously we, we fund NASA with like a teacup and then. A teacup's a bit generous. I think you meant like, <laughs> a teaspoon basically yeah, out of the budget yeah um so like really then it's kind of you we end up in like the the private versus public debate i think is ultimately where this yeah. ends up but like well, I mean, know, what are your thoughts on on how we fund it or or who funds it i guess also yeah. too i think it's a allow it to go into the private sector i mean if you know we have people like uh elon musk and spacex that are already trying to finance like flights into space you know privatized flights and are doing you know, making advances like SpaceX is coming out with new rockets and stuff and reusable rockets at that. Yeah. Which Um, is dope. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a first step is you don't want to lose your rocket after you fucking use it. Um, I think, I mean, we did go and fish them back out of the ocean. I mean, we have a few, there's like, they land, you know, synchronous landing and everything. Yeah. There's is spectacular. I think like, like the space shuttle without having to strap it on something, you know, a giant rocket. These numbers come from a, about 2001 but i think you could there is actually let me start by saying this there are actually a shit ton of papers investigating the feasibility and the profitability of space mining so like mining asteroids and shit and it is astounding how many papers there are and like nasa even has a paper where they've like gone through and shown prototypes of like all the technology and equipment that you would use to mine it and like how you would go about grabbing this asteroid and moving it through um like into earth orbit and basically taking it apart to get materials like it is crazy how much people have actually investigated this and like i didn't even know this until i started looking this up um however back using numbers from 1994 so this is a bit dated if you were to take an asteroid and begin mining it from start to finish if it took you a hundred years to mine this asteroid, you would make ten or you would make ten point seven billion dollars by just selling the chemicals that you need to make semiconductors. Like the so those are like the rare earth metals kind of thing? No, that's not even like the precious earth metals. That's just like phosphorus, gallium, um, which some of those might fall under there, uh, but not all of them. That's not even if you were to sell the rare earth metals, that would add another two point five billion to the price if you sold like the gold and the platinum and stuff. And that's from nineteen ninety four. So I'm sure if you like I'm sure those numbers are even more crazy now. Well yeah, especially with yeah. how technology's advanced and the the need for more of the, the rare earth metals. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean just selling those back in the nineteen ninety back in nineteen ninety four, you would have made ten point five billion dollars in a hundred years. So I feel like that's not a terrible return on investment. Well, yeah, not if that's just pure profit. Like if that's you said that was profit, right? That's a so after all of that's, your expenses. That's total net. That's from one asteroid. The idea would be you'd be able to do this with multiple asteroids at once, right? You wouldn't just be working on one probably, and you right. would be reusing equipment. Um, 
And like I said, those numbers are also forever old. I'm sure it's probably significantly more now. But like, I mean, having a private company like SpaceX begin, you know, mining asteroids for like semiconductor materials would be a reasonable first step, I would think. Is you'd get reusable rockets, you'd get used to having, you know, personnel on sh- like short stints to mine this asteroid. Um, go out and mine these chemicals from an asteroid and come back and be able to sell them. But, I mean, you kind of get the getting to a point like that where you're just mining near or near Earth asteroids is even a significant um, step to doing more. You're going to be able to turn profit at least uh, most likely. Uh, you get the ability to shoot people into space, retrieve them, retrieve materials from the asteroid, manipulate the asteroid. I think that would be a reasonable first step. Really, I think that's probably the only first step if you're thinking in terms of like these companies. Like, it's most likely going to be private company based. I doubt we're ever going to get to the point where NASA is funding huge space explorations. Um, well, I, but mean, I think it would almost have to be in private companies. And at that point in time, private companies have to be getting something back on their return investment. So, right. Although, I mean, you know, President Trump does want a space force. So, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Who knows? Star Wars might be closer than we think. Right. Although it'll probably look a little more like uh, Star Trek. But, <laughs> you know, anyway. Um, yeah, that's. Do you think President Trump is a Star Wars or a Star Trek kind of guy? He's got to be. Like if he had no, to pick one, which if, one? It, he, it's definitely Star Wars. If he has to pick one, because Star Trek is too, like, thoughtful. Too thoughtful, and it's not enough action for him. You think? Like, right. It doesn't keep him because, on the edge yeah. of his seat as much. Right. Because except for like the new Star Trek movies, like the Star Trek stuff, he would have been watching up until mm-hmm. the new movies. Like all they do is sit around yeah. on a ship and talk. And then that's like, true. wiggle weird in their chairs to simulate turbulence. And think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. Definitely a Star Wars guy then. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars is dope. Star Trek, kind of boring. Yeah, <laughs> especially the old ones are terrible. And that was a running TV show. <laughs> Come on. We're in the golden age of TV right now. So, like, I don't hold it against them for having shitty TV shows in the 60s and shit. Yeah, that's true. I, I've lost my train of thought because I'm just thinking about Star Wars now. I just want to cruise around in a, a fucking ship. Uh, okay, yeah. So I think I think Logan, that you're you're pretty spot on in that. Like, with you know the private se- private sector probably taking over, um, I think there is definitely gonna ha- there's gonna have to be some sort of market for them to make money because otherwise there's no incentive for them to go out. Like you were saying, um, yeah. the only thing, the only real thought process I had on it was that like we're gonna need you know funding and and like exploration coming from both the private and the public sector to a degree. But like, we also need to be super careful about how we go about it. Meaning that like, we're already really shitty about like just leaving shit floating around out in space. Um, so like as, cause like asteroid mining and eventual interplanetary travel, like it'll probably happen. Like maybe, you know, some of that will happen or completely happen, you know, in the, in the distant future. So like, I think we need to be, um, very measured and cautious in how we, uh, move into the future. That's kind of the way I'm thinking. Like we don't need more companies shooting up, shooting fucking, um, Tesla roasters to hang out in space, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's enough crap floating around out there. We don't need to help. (laughs) Um, It's super cool. It's, it's cool and funny that he did it. But like, at the same time, like somebody should have been like, yo, Elon, maybe not do that. (laughs) Well, I mean, it will most likely burn up relatively soon. Yeah. But like, um, it's, I'm going to interject real quick if you don't mind. Oh, how dare you? (laughs) Because <laughs> I was just looking on NASA's website, and we will actually be doing space mining in 2020. It will be our first ever-launched space mining mission. Hmm. Uh, do they know? So where are they? Can you like give some like... Some, yeah, so they are dates? launching a few probes to Mars, or not Mars, um, to the moon, uh, to see if they can extract water from the moon and then bring it back to Earth and keep it like intact so these like probes have like drills the ability to basically store the resources and everything um and i think they're planning on doing a rather significant amount of it also 
Um, so, I mean, it's not going to be anything where you could, like, bring it back and, like, maybe you sell a few water bottles of it for a couple hundred dollars. Dude, <laughs> drink some but, moon water? <laughs> you know, at the same time, it's, you know, it's a start. And 2020, you know, it's only two years away until we uh, launch our first mining right. exploration to an that's, that's cool. non-Earth object. If nothing else, it's a great exercise in being able to consistently launch things up and get it back. Before we think about, you know, yeah, we want to travel to another planet and back. We might want to figure out how that and back part works all the time. Well, there's also, um, I think one of the other things they're planning on testing, I don't know if they have a time frame for it, is basically if they are able to extract water from the moon, um, you can then, like, so asteroids generally have a lot of the materials you would need to basically make your own jet fuel on them, like rocket fuel, essentially. So they're... One of the things that a lot of the papers I read talked about and also what their website, the NASA website talks about a little bit is being able to like mine the water and everything and basically make your own jet fuel. So you only need the jet fuel to get there. You don't have to like ration it and then you just make more when you're there to get back. So it's like a, like a gas station. Yeah. Yep. But the, uh, what they call it is, so the mission is called um, resource prospector. And that's what they named their little probe. Sounds like a shitty video game. <laughs> <laughs> that is dope. I just want some moon water. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I guess we'll move over into because, like, basically, where where we're at with like exploration and the future of it slash funding is like it's going to end up being a public private partnership kind of thing. I think, right? Yeah. That everybody's kind of on board with. Yeah. I say it's going to have to be a joint venture. Nobody has that kind of money to put in. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'll actually be mostly private because I think the private industry, or at least I think it'll be led by private industries with the government once seeing it's maybe feasible or it becomes an issue where the governments have to get involved, then that or, it starts getting involved. Because yeah. it kind of opens up a whole ethics question, right? Of Who owns space? Yeah, who owns asteroids? Like, do you have, like, can you mine these? Are they yours type deal? So well, it kind of opens that, like, ethical, like, black hole. I, I don't, not really. Because, like, not, not if you apply, if you apply private property. Like, if you apply, if you apply the private property model, like, and they mine it, it's, you know, theirs. But, so, like, here's what I I'm mean, thinking, is how would you apply private property to that? Like, Let's say um, when you think about like international waters, right? Like no one can own international waters. So like, can you deep sea, like let's say deep sea mining is feasible. Can you deep sea mine in international waters? Do we know? Oh, yeah, I, don't know. I, think I, be... I don't know if that's just like restriction on countries doing things outside their own. Well, right, because they, they fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But where I was going was like, if you think about it, like space would most likely be viewed in the same terms as like international water laws would. Dude, 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 dude. <laughs> we just got to make a space council to go with our space force and they'll be like overseers of space. We'll just have a space council and then you can like submit applications for like <laughs> asteroid minings. I mean, it's not a, it's not a bad idea. Space council. Absolutely. Uh, it's not a it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Get at me, UN. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, it would it would effectively be like the UN but space. I think. Because like now that you kinda Holy shit. After after hearing you talk, like, if you were to uh you wouldn't like want to like do private the private property model because then like a company could like cruise over like Mars and be like yeah, no, this is mine. Like, you can't have yeah, it. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You have to figure out, like, it'd have to be some committee. Right. Um, so Matt's, so Matt's found, really going Star Wars, like, okay. <laughs> it something like that. Like, you'd have to have some yeah, international have committee yeah. that approaches the problem. So I looked up, MIT actually has a page from 2016 on asteroid mining also with updated figures. Um, an asteroid, like a near-Earth asteroid that is rare earth metal rich would yield about 50 billion us dollars from uh prices uh in 2016 oh, that or 2012 two things that's a lot 
Right? And Holy shit. <laughs> March Madness has been bananas. <laughs> so uh, I guess then we can talk about colonies a little bit because that's, you know, outside of exploration, like just cruising around and mining shit and like checking stuff out and poking aliens in the butt if they have a butt. Um, <laughs> our, our next like the next thing would be like would be colonizing other places right like that's the next step of exploration like you first you go out and cruise around and then the next thing you go and like this is mine kind of thing Mm -hmm. um or ours i guess it would maybe be like the human race goes and 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 colonizes but like i I don't know what are you guys thoughts on thoughts on colonies my thought like my first thought is like why like what would be the point of a colony i guess yeah, for, like, for your oh shit plan B, Logan. Yeah, what, well, yeah I, I mean, yeah, in regards to that, like the the oh shit folder is like the definition of the only use for a colony in some extents. Well, I mean, no, because you could do like like I put there in the notes, like you know, bases for exploration, right? So you know, oh, like, like checkpoints, yeah, yeah. long term mining, then potentially. Well, yeah, long term mining or right. just like research, yeah, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's going to be the next thing, though. Like, after we figure out this whole, you know, it makes sense that, like, mining and, and things like that will be first because there's money into it. But then yeah. the, the next thing coming closely after that is somebody's going to be like, how do we keep people on a different planet for a long period of time? Like, we mm-hmm. should do that. Well, that, I mean, even be one of the first things that gets developed because. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what SpaceX like yeah. that's what the first thing you have to be able to do for any mission is be able to like keep people out there without like right. loss of muscle mass and all the negative effects of space. Right. So yeah, anything else on uh, anything else on uh, colonies? Yeah, not really. I think you know it's a good like oh shit folder type of uh, thing to have. But all right. Um. Well, then, in terms of just space in general uh like what are some long-term like things you would like to see happen you know whether it's you know five years from now or you know a hundred years from now or whatever like what's what is what is to you guys what star wars is to me i guess is what I'm asking. so apparently i mean for matt and i anyway star wars is the angle <laughs> so what what's in between <laughs> but yeah like is there any like any like um like check mark check marks like checkpoints we you guys would want to see or like milestones that, that we should aim for as a, as a, as a country company you know, species. If I, to, if I were to break this down into like a checkpoint, like we're going to do this and working at this, you know, the first thing would be getting rockets. We can retrieve and equipment that we can reliably retrieve. Um, then basically showing we can actually set up and work some type of like mining base on the moon for like water. If we need to, I mean, don't take the whole moon apart, but you know, like show, in one or two year rotations, we're going to have people mine water from the moon for two years or something like that. Right. Um, then you can move into like identifying potential asteroid targets. Now that you have working equipment, shoot your rockets and move your equipment and start mining the asteroids. I think overall the benefits from this are going to be, you know, fresh water is a, uh, becoming a commodity rather quickly. And, you know, if you can bring back more fresh water, that kind of helps the whole situation. Um, you know, it might, it's going to have some weird ecological impacts maybe, but like more fresh water isn't going to hurt. Maybe that's how we get superheroes. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, you know, having colonies is pretty cool because, you know, Earth's probably going to get overcrowded. My only concern with that is like the psychological impacts might be interesting on a person to actually live on a colony, um, in space, but you know, who knows? It kind of depends on if you were like people who are born there and grow up in it. You know, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I think having space colonies is something that would be good to aim for. Really, you know, I I proposed this topic in honor of uh, Stephen Hawking. Figured it'd be cool to talk about with you know his unfortunate passing. Um. Okay. So, Steve, you got any any milestones you'd like to see before you're cruising around with an Ewok buddy? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying step one, like step one, Ewok. Step two, give him clothes. Step three be awesome <laughs> yeah step one is let's figure out the transportation aspect getting to and from space reusable things and be able to do it in some kind of 
consistent time frame. And then move on to, as say, further exploration around us. I mean, like the asteroid to the moon and things like that. And once we have a pretty good, you know, feel for that type of stuff, then the space colony thing. They go out and see what else is out there. Um, yeah, for me, the only, outside, again, outside of Star Wars, um, the only thing, like, I really want to see, because, like, you guys laid out some pretty pretty good milestones, um, but, like, I would like to see within, I'm going to put a timeline on it, on it, within, like, five years, five years max, I actually would like to see, like, a space council kind of thing, um, just insofar that it'll, it'll allow us to be thoughtful about everything we're doing in the future, because, like, right now, like, we can do space stuff, but not we're like a c at space stuff right like we're average at space stuff and then eventually we're going to be super good at doing exploration and colonizing and you know everything we're eventually going to be awesome at it um so so you're saying before we get to that we're awesome at it thing there needs to be some guidelines and stuff laid out (laughs) exactly that's what i'm saying all right so final question for space then you know the question is what is it about space um but it's kind of a um, circling back to like what you, Logan, how you opened it up, opened up the topic um, in terms of like, what is it about space that, that draws there seems to draw humanity. Uh, you had talked about earlier, like, you know, everybody's kind of always fascinated with like the stars and whatnot. we've been through fascinated without been fascinated with space throughout human history, or at least your human history. I was say throughout <laughs> Logan's um, memory. Throughout my vast yeah. human history. So, like, what do, you, what do you guys, like, what do you, why? Do you guys have, like, a, a thought process of, like, why that is? Like, why we've been, been drawn to this thing that's out there? You know, I think it's people like adventure and people like discovering the unknown. I mean, I'm sure back when we thought the earth was flat and we were looking for that, you know, quick route. Back when there's still people who think so. That, that's fair. That's Dude, fair. the flat earthers, it's deep, man. You you can get in deep. <laughs> but, you know, like when we were looking for that quick out, that quick route to the Indies, um, people like discovering the new, you know, the West was a big thing and very, like it draw, drew a lot of people's attention because of the whole like prospect of like the unknown, something new starting over, you know, the uh, American qualities of being able to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and build your own life or your new life here. You know, I think space kind of has that effect too, right? You know, the coolness of it, the the unknown, the adventure. I think, curi- you know, curious, humans are innate, or curious by nature. But I finally get that out. Uh, and space is like our ultimate unknown. I mean, it's something that everybody's you know able to look up at the sky or look through a t- telescope and you know, see it, but you don't know, and it just drives you nuts. You know, I have one more thing to add about this. Okay. The the scale of space is just so astounding and breathtaking that I think it's hard to not be fascinated by it, right? It's like, then I guess the other thing it kind of does is like thinking about how large everything else is out in space has one of two impacts i think it makes you feel either very small or kind of like damn there's all that space there's so much out there to learn and explore and try to figure out so i think just the scale of it is something that will continue to fascinate i went with more almost i'm not even sure what to call it but like my thought process was like almost kind of more like a religious thought process um but what i wrote down is like that space space and and i was also thinking adventure too like space and adventure like have they draw humanity because it's like we go on those adventures or like we're drawn to space because we're we're also trying to find ourselves out there like it's that you know what is the nature of humanity like what is our purpose like why are we here like everybody where you our species is unique in that we're always trying to find find ourselves and it's like space for whatever reason um has been that thing that we're and maybe it's because it's something we can't do yet or we can't get out there yet so it's like that's where our answer lies i guess is where i'm going with it mm-hmm. almost like to me it almost sounds like you know what that's the next step like okay we found our place on the earth you know yeah. we're at the top now where do we fit in all of this yeah where, where do we fit in in everything where yeah <clears throat> Well, it's like that age-old question, are we alone? 
Fuck no. Like, yeah, prob- yeah, most likely not. No. <laughs> I mean, definitely not. And, and, you know, if if you believe that we're not, which I think we all do, but if you believe that we're not, then, you know, where are we on that list? That's, like we you said, are that's we- where, where do we fit? Where are we on that list? <laughs> There's one of two options. Either the top or it's far enough away that it doesn't matter. Yep. That's true. And that first one is scary to think. Oh, yeah. The first one's terrifying. <laughs> the, all right. Any any last-minute thoughts on space before we uh, move into our uh, lowly weekly roundup of uh, news here on Earth? Continue to be curious, my friends, and fascinated. Okay. That's a, that's a, good, that's a, good, sum. That's a good summary. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, the nucleus of the show the nucleus of the show as <laughs> some would, some would call it this some would um um anyway so the first one that i have is that uh, a bridge in florida collapsed it was the one that was on the the fiu campus um pedestrian bridge and then it's you know being investigated as to why um but i thought I thought that was interesting. Well, not interesting. It was really shitty because uh, six people died. Um, but pertinent given the uh, administration's, because it was somewhat federally funded. Um, and so I thought it was pertinent given the administration's uh, uh, infrastructure push. Mm-hmm. It says that we do likely need to reinvestigate our current infrastructure. And, like, you know, an infrastructure bill is probably a good idea. You know, I don't think that's ever going to get done though at this rate so yeah i think it just backs up the fact that like hey we probably want to start investing into our infrastructure like you know making sure that shit actually works yeah as as tragic as the uh situation is maybe it'll spark some uh spark some action yeah well i mean it's, i hate to bring it up it's similar to the you know gun control debates like we might talk about this for a little while. They're going to find out what's wrong. They're going to say, all right, this is wrong. You know, This is why it happened. And then it's going to go out of the news cycle and it will be forgotten about. And infrastructure bill will get you know, pushed back again for whatever reason. And just continue on its status quo, basically. Or at least that's my prediction for it. I'm not in the business of making predictions. <laughs> but let me make a prediction. <laughs> um, all right. So then... Also kind of involved with infrastructure is that uh, the Trump administration um, did say this past week that uh, Russia has been trying to uh, trying and slash succeeding at hacking our energy grid. Um, in fact, there are reports coming out. Of, Wait, what? Russians don't, don't hack anything. <laughs> right. Isn't, isn't that crazy that the Trump administration was like. They totally hacked our energy grid, not the election, yeah. but our energy grid. Um, yeah, they don't hack elections, so why would they hack the energy grid? Yeah, um, uh, Homeland Homeland Security and uh, the FBI um, both had released reports on it also, and it's it's likely that this had gone back as far as uh, March of 2016 that this campaign um, to to hack hack the United States infrastructure energy infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So that's so, like, terrifying. Yeah, well, yeah. how the fuck are, like, do we not have people running, like, cybersecurity on our shit? Like, we do. I don't... We do. And that, that's what's fucked up, is that we do. The, yeah. other, the other crazy thing is that the majority of this was done through phishing emails. Through Done through what? Phishing, phishing emails? Yeah. So like, so, like, people in, like, important energy grid places clicking on emails, they probably sh- Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yep. So do we know what the hell they're doing about it? Like, has the Trump administration said we're going to try and take these countermeasures? Like, They have not, no. I think at this point everybody's still, like, scratching their head, like, what? Like, what? what? Why? What? <laughs> and what? Yeah. You know, like, just, that should that, be your like, first reaction yeah. to this, though. Like, your first reaction shouldn't be to scratch your head and go, what? Your first reaction no, should you're, be, you're, well, well, what the, the hell are we doing about it? <laughs> yeah, your first reaction should be, like, well, then... Do well, something about it. I mean, not- and the other thing too is, I I assume I will. I'm going to. I'm going to make a prediction. We're not in the prediction business, but I'm going to make a prediction that uh, Homeland Security um, is doing something about it. They're just not going to tell nah, us what they're doing. Gonna, yeah, I mean, may- <sighs> well, yeah. I mean, generally, you don't want to broadcast out to the world that you know 
hey, we were hacked today, so we're going to do this. Oh, yeah. Don't, but, I mean, you don't can give them a heads up on what they need to figure out next. You can also say you're doing something without giving the specifics to actually beat it, right? So that rolls us into next thing, one of the next things that happened. Um, so one of the people in the United States um, in the Trump administration that was more of a hardliner on Russia was a former, now former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. Um, and so after he condemns uh, Russia for killing their spy, uh, he was then uh, fired via Twitter and uh, replaced, uh, he's going to be replaced by um, uh, CIA Director Mike Pompeo. Um, so Pompeo is now the acting Secretary of State until he's officially confirmed as Secretary Secretary of State. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Gina Haspel, um, she's the or was the uh, deputy director of the CIA and uh, Trump is going to be uh, tapping her to lead the CIA. Um, mm -hmm. so, so basically what happened to Tillerson was like, you know, when you're talking to your friend and you're like, how do I break up with her? Like, <laughs> should I call her? Should I text her? Like, how do, do I, how do you. I break up with her? Dude. Well, Trump essentially did that. Like Trump did the equivalent of like texting a breakup. And then somehow even found a way to make it more because he published like, it because it's public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like even more like oh fuck boyish. Oh my than god, a text breakup. Well, and the and the best part about <laughs> it, the best part about it was that so he was like you know Secretary Rex Tillerson is you know he fired him and then he said that he's promoting Mike Pompeo and Gina Haspel all in the same tweet and then he closed the tweet with congratulations to all and it's like <laughs> really. Really? You, you fired a guy? <laughs> I mean, like, literally, that's what he, he literally, like, did the fuckboy, I'm a break up with you over text message move. Like, that says everything we need to know. Any Republican dude out there will agree you should never break up with a girl over text. Like, you just don't do it, right? It's shitty. You shouldn't be that person. Well, Trump was that person. That's what happened here. <laughs> um. So... Uh, former, now former, Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe. Uh, he was fired Friday evening. Um, <laughs> so uh, Attorney General Sessions did the firing, but it was obviously under Trump's orders. Um, the worst part with this is that McCabe had stepped back from any official role and was just like hanging out because he was set to officially retire today. Like he was supposed to retire today, yeah. the 18th of March, and got fired. So now he doesn't get his pension. Yeah, he got fired two days before it, too. Yeah. Like, Trump just watched a shit ton of Apprentice episodes and was like, you know, who do I really fucking hate that I can tell they're fired? And then, like, so he went to do it, and his cabinet was like, hey, wait a minute. You should think this through. Like, it, it's not good for you to be firing these people right now. Trump was you're like, right, you're right. I'll do it on Twitter. <laughs> tweet it. Um, with uh, Gina Haspel being the... Uh, have to be the cia director um she's gonna face could potentially face a very hard confirmation because she once ran a cia black black site where they tortured people and like this is known oh yeah that's fucking fantastic mm -hmm. good times i i had a thing on there with gary Cohn um because uh larry uh, kudlow um is going to move into the chief economic advisor he's former cable news pundit um there's really not a whole lot there because he's basically Gary Cohn, except he was on TV. Like, <laughs> very, very similar economic outlook. Yeah, not a big thing there. Um, on Wednesday, though, um, so students, high school students from across the country, uh, they did, it was a 17-minute walkout of school that they did, and it was in honor of the Parkland victims. Um, so, you know, a minute for every, every uh, young person that was killed. Um, although the message was kind of weird i guess is the way i'm going to put it because it was like they were doing it the 17 minutes for the you know in honor of the victims but it was also to show that they are going to be political in terms of gun control so it was this kind of weird mashup that i i'm not sure how i f how i feel about like the 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 mashup that they have going on but it was kind of kind of cool to see how many students were like yeah i'm, I'm gonna do this i'm down for that it's a good thing it should happen it should you know, show solidarity. Um, what I find amusing is like the Republican counterpoint to this, right? Was like, don't do a 17 minute walkout, do a walk up, go and talk to all the, you know, 
outcasts in your school and make sure they're okay and, you know, check their public health and, you know, everything like that. But then, like, any other time when it comes to Republic, or not Republic, when it comes to mental health, it, they're just like fucking crickets. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it's a complete attempt to shift the conversation away from, like, what it likely needs to be and direct it towards something they feel more comfortable talking about is like, you know, we don't want to lose our guns at the same time. Like, Hey, you can't suddenly start screaming mental health when, you know, you had literal Republican congressmen holding up legislation to get like veterans, first responders, people like, you know, who have these mental health issues help. Like that does it. You can't do that. There's no two way street. I mean, you can because you did, but it's real fucking <laughs> shitty. Um. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna roll off of that with. Uh, so um, on Tuesday, uh, Governor Rauner he vetoed a bill um, that was that would have required Illinois uh, firearm firearm dealers to get um, some sort of state license. Um, the like the very minute details of that of that licensing program weren't figured out yet, but it doesn't matter because he vetoed it. Um, but he vetoed it and then said that he does want to work with the general assembly here in Illinois to ban bump stocks. Um, they want to improve, he wants to improve school safety. He wants to keep the guns out of the hands of criminals and the mentally ill. And he wants to give better support to police officers, nothing actionable in there other than banning bump stocks. Um, but he wants to do what? Yeah. He wants, he wants to do all the things that like, you know, everybody wants to do like what the hell is up with like republicans busting a nut over this banning bump stocks because it's the only actionable thing that they can do without um doing anything crazy because like if you look at like what ronner said right everything else he said was like well duh like of course we want safer schools of course we don't want criminals and mentally ill people to have gun control nobody's arguing with that yeah police officers need to uh, you know we should support our police officers and yeah. you know, make sure they're better trained and do all that good stuff but there's nothing actionable there except for the let's ban bump stocks because there's no fucking reason for them give us numbers give us a plan give us something more than these goddamn cookie cutter statements that like my fucking cousin could write up after these tragedies and then when you say you want to do things like improve school safety and keep guns out of hand of criminals don't vote down something that's attempting to do that or if you do, give us a reason why you voted it down and how it can change to where you would support it. Uh, his So his reasoning for vetoing was uh, – I guess I, did, I should have included this. Um, his reason for vetoing was that it was an unnecessary regulation. He was basically saying like it was a regulation that – another regulation that's not actually going to do anything. So we know if he's come out with something saying I think these steps will actually help besides no. our cookie cutter statement, then get yeah, get the fuck out. Dude. No, he's he's busy Stop running being... your election campaign and <laughs> do something during your governorship. Um all right. So now that Logan's fired up. Um uh, <laughs> uh, It's uh, bound to happen eventually. A report over the week a report leaked that uh so there's been talk about um applying a civilian oversight committee to the Chicago uh, police department and then a report leaked um and basically it's showing like what like the thought process was going into like creating this civilian oversight committee and the police department um was not very happy about it because apparently they haven't been um like communicated to at all about how this should be developed and oh, uh, okay. yeah and then uh when uh mayor emmanuel was asked about it um Rom did a he did the politician thing and he did a awesome non answer answer like it's not God even it. yeah it's not even worth like saying what Fucking he said because it was it was awful it was worthless it was oh we're gonna have fake. to look at the process and see what can be done and you know there's there's still a long ways to go and we gotta you know it'll take some time but we might get there eventually and I think when we come out of this process we'll all be the better for it that was a good one that's a good non answer answer. Right, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the thing is, like, I'm you know a civilian oversight committee is a super good idea, super good idea because civilian led policing is is a great model if you institute it correctly. But like, you kind of need to talk to the police department to implement it. Like, you can't just be like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, hey, by the way, like I mean, this board is now your boss. Yeah, it's a fantastic idea because you know then the civilian community can you know, actually come up and say, these are our concerns. These are what we want you to address. Like, right. And you can get work a plan with, for uh, it, work with the police to address those concerns. 
So I, I think doing something like this is good if you increase, you know, budget into specifically like police training, not police <laughs> weapons, police training. <laughs> All right. Um, so just a little quick, quick thing from, uh, that I saw on, uh, Axios, 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 whatever, Axios. <laughs> um, so they did, there was an analysis done by the Morin company and, uh, they found that on average hospitals mark up, uh, medicine prices by nearly 500%. And, uh, and then it says, uh, even after negotiations, hospitals still receive two and a half times from commercial payers than what they paid to acquire the medicine. Yeah. That's not surprising. Yeah. I mean, so I thought- hospitals recuperate their costs of, uh, you know, uncollected murder, emergency <laughs> medical care somewhere, but I mean, it's yeah. not like they have a yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, I just thought yeah. it was a little, yeah, a little fun tidbit. I mean, it basically just supports what we said about the emer- or in the healthcare podcast, right? Is yeah. Hospitals don't always collect their bills. They're going to make that money up somewhere. Yeah, medicine's a pretty easy place to make it up. You know, instead of paying us, you know, $2 for your aspirin, you're now going to pay us 8 or 10 That's what I was going to say. It's like, yeah, like when you go in for, you know, some minor procedure and you see over there, you know, okay, you know, two doses of aspirin, $20. What? It's like I can go to the store and buy like a lifetime supply. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So then moving on. Um, so as we kind of alluded to, not alluded to, we straight up said it earlier, but uh, Connor Lamb uh, won the uh, Pennsylvania 18th um, as a Democrat in a very highly Republican district. Um, in fact, it, uh, went for president Trump by somewhere around 20 points. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that happened. And, uh, you know, like all I saw throughout the week is that like Democrats just are missing the point about this because like everybody, you constantly like, Oh, it's, you know, it's a referendum on Trump and, you know, talking about like the specific things he did and talking about how the, uh, you know, Republicans had to pull ads about, you know, the tax cut and, and this and that and the other thing. And it, the thing that they're not, that nobody has said yet is that you run a candidate that can fucking win in your goddamn district. That's what they did. Connor Lamb can win one in that district because he was good for that district because he wasn't the cookie cutter fucking uh, Democrats that are running constantly all over the place like they ran in the Georgia 16th and that they're probably going to run all over the fucking map in 2018 because they don't understand that people actually vote for candidates. They think are going to do something also that district's not going to fucking exist in november i mean the district not being there doesn't quite matter as much i think more so the 20 point swing no it, it does no it does it does matter because that dist- it's gonna, it, that district's not going to be there in three fucking months yeah so no, why, I get why are we that. excited about it? why why is anybody excited about it like oh i'm excited about something excited not being there because and- it, of the quote-unquote swing right because they think it's a forecast of what's going to happen whether or not that's the case we don't know but they think it is a forecast of what their election fortunes are going to be, you know, in November. And I think that's why they're excited. Well, um, they shouldn't be excited because it's a forecast that you should run a fucking candidate that can actually win in your district. That's what it's a yeah. forecast for. Um, <laughs> so the last thing I have for us then is that uh, a Republican um, from Geneva, Illinois, Mr. Uh, Steve Anderson – he has introduced a bill and says he's, he, he'll keep doing it, but he wants us to stay on daylight savings time. So instead of falling back and then springing forward every year all the time like fucking psychos, we'll just stay on the time we're on now and not fucking worry about when the goddamn sun sets. Hey, you know, I mean, we have fucking lights now, so I, I really... <laughs> I don't understand. We have lights. Like it, we can use the goddamn lights. It'll be okay. I was just reading on like oh. the history of it. It apparently it was first started in Canada. Fucking Canadians. 1908. And the reason was is they wanted to it was like a go green type of thing. Like, you know, save the earth. Um, because it, you know, lets you use sunlight better. So you don't need as much artificial light. And uh, it's estimated that about 40% of countries use it, and it saves us about, like, 5% of our energy output each year. Here's a thought. Why don't we switch to fucking LEDs and stop doing this? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's always other solutions. <laughs> I don't think this is necessarily one that hurts. You lose an hour a day, you get that hour back another day. It, yeah. You, it, no, it's fucking dumb. It's stupid. 
It's the dumbest thing the humanity's ever come up with, and we've come up with some stupid shit. You're just cranky. You lose an hour of sleep. No, I'm actually, I'm okay. <laughs> I want to stay on the time we're on right now. This is the time I like. I want to stay on this time. I don't want to fall back again, because that just means I have to spring forward again. I don't want to fall back. I don't want to spring forward. I'm not on a fucking trampoline. That's stupid. It's fucking stupid. That's all I'm saying. And there's that. But it's a wrap. All right. Yeah, that's all we have uh, for today's show. Um, so if you do like what you hear every week and what we talk about, uh, give us a rating on your favorite podcast directory. It'll really help us out. And uh, if you want to extend the conversation, we are on Facebook and also on Twitter. Facebook is No Sides Attached, and then Twitter is at No Sides Attached. Boom. Pod done. Nope. Go get food. Yep. I said, loving sounds calmer now. <laughs> <laughs>